Hello and welcome back to the pod of never. This is your host, Matthew Donis. How are you doing? Uh, so as far as what's going on in, in my neck of the woods, um, I'm finally getting sick and tired of being inside all the time. So thank God for this podcast. Um, you know, I, I still work from home. Like I'm trying really, really hard not to complain too much, especially on social media. I've had to bite my tongue a lot, but um, the great thing about these podcasts is that you know I've been reaching out to people and talking to people, and other than the people I work with and my family, like this is the main source of my like verbal communi- communication with, with people. So, um, I mean, I, I could work on that. <laughs> I could, I could, uh, have more, uh, zoom meetings or, or phone calls. Um, you know, of course I talk with my family, um, that don't live here in, in Tennessee, but, um, it's, it's a little crazy. So, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, this next coming week, uh, we should figure out some ways to, branch out a bit more and reach out to people we haven't talked to in a while and um, maybe not on a Zoom meeting. <laughs> I mean, it's good to see people face to face. So in, in the case of, uh, t- you know, today's guest, it's uh, uh, Kevin Corkery, uh, the singer for day two. Um, you know, I haven't seen him in quite a while. Uh, it might be since uh, I ran into him at a Target several years ago. I mean, I, we've been texting uh, through our uh, day two text thread, but um, but no, I, it was the first time I, I've seen him, you know, quote unquote face to face in a long time doing this. So um, there's something to Zoom, but at the same time, if if you're working, you know, and you're doing Zoom meetings with people, uh, sometimes you just want to go sit in a restaurant and see other people. But um, considering the state of our world. Probably not a good idea just yet. So I'm still still getting takeout. Um, <laughs> so uh, ho- hopefully that changes soon. So this uh, episode with Kevin is is really cool. And, I mean, we, we went long, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, we talk about him growing up, um, sharing music with his sister, um, and then also talking about you know just how much of a driving force the driving force Matt and Sheldon was as far as uh, getting day two off the ground um, in our onstage violence and what he's doing now. Uh, we talk about much more than that, but that's just what I've got off the top of my head. So um, if you haven't, please uh, stream Never Come Home, the deluxe edition on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your music. You can hear some of the stuff we've been working on. And if you keep on listening to this episode, um, I think you might hear some promise of uh, something new. I don't know. Check it out. So uh, here's a real quick uh, day two song for you, and we'll get right into the interview. to believe that things are over now I try to convince myself but it's harder than it seems 
gonna start recording. Yeah, the 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 nine ninety. Like, I can't remember what I did with like because I recorded some Swan stuff before I left, uh-huh. and it was so like thrown together. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, I stole a kick mic from my church. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, no, I, I borrowed it. I borrowed it. Yeah, borrowed it. Yeah, and then I can't remember what we did for overheads, but like through mixing and and all that like i was able to get like something decent because like i was using i was using this for like a snare <laughs> fine but it's but those are basically uh 57 except the pattern on it is mm. just wider where 57 is really directional yeah like almost like kind of like a straightforward all it is is a little bit wider so it's not a bad i remember it's it, totally cool well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I remember you practicing with the fifty-seven. Uh huh. I'm like, it's really like because I didn't know anything about like directional or whatever like back uh-huh. then. I was just like, seems pretty skinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it still you know still works. Oh, it's man. just a, it's just a oh. straight straight shot. Yep. It's That's kind of funny how. Uh, just you know, you it's same with plugins or whatever. You end up mm-hmm. being able to work with what you have. So for sure, which is such as such as life. Yep, I hear you. So this is cool. You- to, you know, I've I've honestly never done this. And I don't know if you're recording. That's right. Oh, I'm I probably, am. Uh, you might want to edit me out as much as possible. But uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah, first Zoom, and this is how dumb I am. First podcast I've ever listened to is you. The first and only. I, I, I didn't really <laughs> understand what a podcast was. But <laughs> it tells you, you know, what a moron I am. So That kind of surprises me, though. Because, like, you've been, like, have, no. ahead of the game on a lot of other stuff. Well, it's funny that I'm, I'm good at certain, like, one, like, small scope of things. But, like, you know, running in anything other than, like, maybe a recording program. Yeah. Like, I'll have to go get my kid writer and be like, dude, how do I do this? <laughs> I almost went and got him for this. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, he's, that's he's in the other room. I'm like, I'm going to have to go get writer to learn how to join the Zoom thing. Because Zoom <laughs> sound like, you know, like Zoom, like it would be fast to get on here and figure it out. It's not, it wasn't Zoom for me. It was slow. It was, <laughs> it was a turtle for you. Yeah, fine. But, you know. No, I, I'm... I'm too familiar with it because like I'm on at least like an hour, hour and a half long worth of like meetings every day on this right. now. Okay. And even, even before COVID for some reason, a lot of us like say if mean like three other people, a lot of times we just wouldn't get in a room. We'd just be on our computers and I would be able to throw something at someone like, why don't we just go in a room and <laughs> do this? That's cool. It's, I think it's, I mean, it's super cool, but it, it is kind of funny with COVID. Um, how, uh, I mean, it seems like some, so many jobs like going into the job isn't, I mean, you've kind of seen how unnecessary, um, <laughs> you know, some yeah. of it is where it's like, why haven't we been working at home for, a long time you know if you enjoy it i mean i know some people got to get out of the house but at least you know like work weeks where you go in for you know maybe two days a week into the office and i don't know yeah no if i was like half and like say like one week two days at home and then the other week three days like kind of like flip-flopping uh-huh. like i would i would enjoy that because 
I would hate working from home before all this, but now I see how I can do it. Like, I don't know if you saw the picture, but like, I have a diaper box as like my standing up. Yes, yeah, I saw. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and like, and like, well, you just kind of like make it up as you go along, you know? I, yeah, it, it was funny when. Uh, so before COVID, I worked for this law firm, um, but they got a new office. And they had to, uh, it wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. So they had us work from home. You know, this is like maybe a year ago. Yeah. But we had to work. And like, I was like on top of a dresser, like where I, like I had to sit my legs to the side yeah. and was trying to type. It was horrible. But it's just funny how, you know, diaper box, whatever you make work. So Yeah, for real. Well, I mean, well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're here. Dude, it's so good to just see you. Like, I'm, I don't know how this works, but, man, it's just good to see you, dude. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too, man. Like, I think, because I haven't seen seen you until since I ran into you at Target that one time, like, forever oh, yeah. ago. Oh, that was, I don't know, forever ago. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were with Ryder, and I was with my daughter. I don't think my yeah. son was a thought yet. I can't remember, because, like, my daughter was, like, I don't know, six or seven. So I think my, my son was a baby, but... Yeah, uh, because we played that one like reunion show, uh-huh. and then from there, it's just kind of hard to see people sometimes. And then, yeah. and then now, and it's funny because like I moved away, and then we got on the text chain, and it's like, oh, let's jam. I'm just like, oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've seen. I wonder if that's what these guys use, but I've seen like, you know, like Swizz and Sheldon and Matt Lee like post a picture or something where they're all like in a screen yeah yeah i wonder if it is this zoom thing or whatever i i think it is and plus i've seen like a lot of musicians like for instance liz and alex who were my uh my rhythm yeah. section before uh I yeah them. i know them yeah yeah um they were doing a thing with church like their church where i think the the worship leader Mm-hmm. Uh, recorded like a video, but also at the same time recorded like his vocals and acoustic at the same time. Uh-huh. Then he sent it to them. They recorded their stuff to his tracks and then they just passed it along and then they put it together and then they have like a video. They could show people like Goldfinger cool. did it for like two or three songs. Like really? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, Mike Carrera from MXPX is playing bass, singing backups <laughs> and stuff, but like it sounds great because John Feldman's a John, you know, John. Yeah, he's, he's a wizard. Yeah, you forget that he produces records now sometimes. Oh, man, grew up back done, in the day. <laughs> he's done all sorts of goofy like stuff. Yeah. So, and speaking of uh, back in the day, let's let's begin. Let, let the oh. grilling uh, commence. Oh, man. <laughs> so, back in the day, all right. So, I've I've you know, through joining the band, like I've met your family, been to your house a lot, like your uh-huh. mom and, and your siblings. Uh-huh. Um, so what's what's the kevin origin story like what's what was your up upbringing well like music wise you mean right well i'm gonna take, I'm gonna take back to the beginning because i think oh, more man. people are going to be interested in you than like me so i think people would be oh i doubt that <laughs> <laughs> so. they're just gonna, oh, you're, they're just gonna figure out what a weirdo i am yeah. But, so, okay. Uh, so let's just say, like, from from the, from the beginning, and how did music even begin in your life? Well, I was probably twelve or thirteen and wanted to play the piano really bad. And so I remember, you know, my family didn't have a lot of money, but I remember my mom, you know, finding some lady in the neighborhood, the Bunkles, um, 
And so, you know, I'd go over and learn piano and their, their house smelled weird. Like I was learning like probably, you know, probably stuff that I would maybe know now, but you know, 12, 13 learning Bach or, you know, whoever, some Chopin or something. Yeah. It was so boring. And so I probably did like three or four lessons and I'd ride my bike over to the lessons and then eventually I just stopped going, but I told my mom I was still going to go. Uh-huh. I just go ride my bike with my buddies around the neighborhood, <laughs> come back, you know, 45 minutes later and be like, Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. And then my mom ended up finding out. And of course she still had to pay for the lessons. I just didn't show up for you know, got in <laughs> trouble, whatever. And so that was the end of music for a while. And then maybe a year or two later, I was like, I want to play guitar, mom. And she's like, yeah, right. I saw what you did with piano. There's no way I'm helping you with the guitar. And so at the time, my dad, um, he had a painting business, like his own like house painting business. Mm-hmm. So I remember just working my ass off for like a whole summer, saving up this money to go to be able to buy a guitar. So I ended up buying this uh, Fender Strat, mm-hmm. um, a Mexi Strat, and I bought this used crate combo amp that had like this, you know, solid state button you'd push that just turned into straight fuzz distortion that I thought was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started. And because of that guitar writer, my son, his middle name is Strat, actually. So writer nice. Strat Corkery. <laughs> <laughs> so all because of that Strat, but, you know, yeah. don't, don't lie to your mom about piano lessons. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, like, how long did it take for her to to find out? And uh, it was. A, I mean, you know how when you're. I, I, it was easily a month and a half, though. I'd say maybe two months of me just being, you know, straight up lying about it. But you yeah. know, if if the Bunkles house didn't stink so bad, I might yeah, maybe might have been doing piano. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you talk about like the the strat. Uh, I don't know. For me, it was the crate. It was like a small five-inch speaker with like the button where you was like, it the overdrive. What? So mine was like this old one. I couldn't even tell you a model, but it was it was a two twelve little combo amp, mm. and you know it, it it was loud enough to compete with my Magnavox CD cassette boombox. So you know I'd crank it up almost all the way, turn up my Magnavox, you know, ghetto blaster up, and it it worked out. It was almost like identical volume. So it wasn't very loud or anything, but that's how I got going. But I, I like no joke. Like I'd like sleep, like I'd cuddle. I no, I mean, I'd really sleep with my guitar at night and like <laughs> polish it every day. Didn't know how to play it, you know, at all, yeah. but, but it was, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly think if I didn't work so hard to get that guitar, mm-hmm. you know, I think really if my mom probably would have just bought me a guitar, there's a shot. I would have never stuck with it, you know? Cause I did, I yeah. worked so hard that I really appreciated it and it meant a ton to me, you know, and yeah. uh, I was all about it. So I'm grateful for that little life lesson of, you know, hard work <laughs> yeah. with the Mexi Strat. Yeah, yeah. Like I, cause for me, when I got my like Strat copy, like it was, it was a, it was a gift. So like, thank God I stuck with it, but like, uh-huh. I just really took to it. But I think, I think if I didn't get th- that as like a Christmas or birthday gift or whatever, I would have found like some way to do it, you know, cause like my entrepreneurial like tendencies weren't there back then. But I think if anyone wants something hard, like 
hard enough. They'll yeah, figure it for out. sure. Who but, are you? Who are you listening to? Uh, that Magnavox uh, boombox. So it's kind of funny. I don't. I don't know what year it came out, but do you, you remember the box? Like a the TV. It was a channel. The channel. Yeah. Okay. So we public you know, access we never, or something. Yeah, we never had uh, you know MTV or anything like that, but uh, we had the box. And so there would be like a 1-800 number or something that you'd call up, and then you could type in a video number and it charge the phone, you know, like 99 cents. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. The, the song, it was a Deftone song, Seven Words. They had a music video on there. And for some reason, I just wanted to play that so bad. So um, my mom got me that Adrenaline CD mm-hmm. for Easter. And it must have came out sometime by Easter. Easter. Around Easter. Yeah, as yeah. weird as that is, it was in my Easter basket. And so I'm probably, I'll bet I'm 13, 14 at this point. Um, but I would just, I, I would try to figure out all those songs. You know, everything, I think, except one song was in standard tuning. Yeah. Um, I think Bored. Yeah. yeah. I think that's drop D and the rest is just standard tuning. And, it, you know, is I'd never heard anything really like that before. Um, Rage Against the Machine, I guess. That was, that was probably another one where I, that's I'd say those two records are probably how I learned guitar. I'd just sit there and figure them out, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I guess that's probably a lot of it. I listened to Metallica, but I, I remember not even attempting to try to figure it out. Cause I was just like, there's no way I could ever, you know, play mm-hmm. Metallica. But, um, I was, you know, I mean, I still am. I was into tons of bands like counting crows and probably, still my maybe my favorite band but uh you know a lot of bands like that third eye blind i think is still one of the greatest bands ever <laughs> and i listened to that first first album it, the other day it, it is insane how good it is soul asylum you know i, I liked yeah. uh you know just kind of, I, I guess now it's so hard i feel like to like categorize music maybe but mm-hmm. you know like uh I, you know, I liked Nirvana, but I was, that wasn't really my thing. Um, I remember I listened to Jake talk about Pearl Jam. I never could really get into them. I thought, I thought that even flow song was amazing. But other than that, you know, it didn't, didn't really tickle my fancy, but, um, I'd say, yeah, like listening to a lot of counting cars. I got into 311 a lot. I just thought some of the guitar parts were really cool. Um, but there's yeah, some, like it, some there's like similarities with like the heavier stuff where it's more like the single note like riffing or like yeah, you know yeah, and and I think like for people our age like Deftones like so I, I feel like it started like you're into Rage Against the Machine, yeah. but then like Deftones came along and it was like darker, uh-huh. you know, yeah, like, and it was just bit. you know I, I don't know if I ever heard a band scream ever you know but maybe before then i think see so i had you know i had some friends who were kind of in you know like hardcore music but i remember not really digging it a whole lot but i went and saw deftones at classic skate that's a classic no pun intended that's a classic salt lake show go is it so i ended up getting punched by some kid you know some kids i was like you know some nerdy probably 14 year old or whatever maybe 15, uh, moshing around, you know, and I don't know what I did. I must have shoved some kid, you know, thinking I'm having a good time or 
crowd surfing, you know, and somebody didn't like it because they played with Snapcase. Oh, and Quicksand. And that was the first time I heard Snapcase, and I bought that progression through a learning CD at that point. And I'd say as far as, like, heavy bands or whatever, you know, but it, but Snapcase was just like, it kind of like Refused, where it's not like double bass, you know, it's mm-hmm. just straightforward, you know, but it's heavy, but kind of like rock and roll heavy, you know, it wasn't, it's not like yeah. they were doing breakdowns or anything like that. So. Like it still had a groove to it. Like you could still like bob your, yeah. your head to it a bit. Yeah. And, and that, you know, whatever piccolo snare, you know, on that progression, <laughs> just I was just like, man, that just sounds so cool, you know, on that yeah. snap, on that whatever, that Snapcase CD. Yeah, 311. Oh, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're great live. And I feel like 311 was like a good like uh, gateway drug to get into Snapcase because like... <laughs> Probably that would be well. They're definitely both some, you know, kind of almost like a reggae, probably a pork pie or something, you know, some yeah. thin snare. But it just, you know, that crack was. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, and and as far as like music, um, like one of the things I remember about going over to your house for the practices, like sometimes your sister would be there, and I would talk about like the Cure or whatever, and you and oh. Ian would be in the van, and we'd. We listened to the cure. Yeah, like you'd be driving, I'd be like in the front front seat, and that was like one of the things that I we we knew we could like agree upon. <laughs> Not For saying sure. we had much like disagreeing, but like, no, no, like a good like. All right, this is chill. I, and I I feel like you're probably the only one who wasn't like, "What is this crap? Turn it off." <laughs> you know, like I think. Do you remember how we used to do the? You know, you'd have a driver and then a partner. Yeah, and I remember you being my partner. Um, and us definitely jamming some Cure, Cure's greatest hits or whatever. So, yeah, for sure. So, like, I, I feel like you and you and I, of course, like Jake, me and Jake had some similarities, but I feel like mm-hmm. you and I had like the same, a lot of the same um, tastes. You know, like whether it be mm-hmm. like the heavier or the darker or the weirder kind uh-huh. of kind of stuff. And like, I felt, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, you know that like with like through your family or just growing up, we must've had a lot of the same influences going back and forth, you know? Sure. My, my older sister, Jamie, definitely. I mean, she, she knew way more about music than I ever did. You know, she's one, I remember her showing me, you know, bands from Blink, AFI. I remember her showing me the, in fact, I went to an AFI show where they were the opener with and it was just her and I. My thing was Good Riddance. Um, was the was probably the headliner, and that was at Bricks. And it was during the day, I remember, or afternoon, because yeah. the sun hadn't set yet. And it was just the stage was only. I guess you can see me, but yeah. you know, the stage was only like this high, maybe, and mm-hmm. it was cement. Like there was no barricade. It wasn't tall like it was now, but it was that outside. And I remember. Um, you know, AFI just playing like middle of the day and me being like, I think his ma- his makeup's like melting. Like maybe <laughs> kind of just being like, who are these guys? But they're good. But that's who my sister was all into. And that was before, um, what's the record? Is before The Art of Drowning. I think. Yeah. I, or I, even I Black Sails. Oh, it, was, it had to be Black Sails. Yeah. I'll bet it was Black Sails that they were playing. Yeah. Because I have an AFI brick story too. Yeah. Oh. Um, was it when the power went out? No, 
it was before then. I know that show. That was the Rancid show. But um, so what happened was uh, I had a friend named Helen that I would play, that I would jam with uh, up up north in, in Ogden. And she was uh-huh. in the punk rock and she had friends that were into punk rock. And I didn't know how to drive yet. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, we're going to see AFI. And I remember hearing an AFI song on a compilation or whatever. And I just hated it because Davy's voice was so high. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like the production on that album like wasn't great so i'm like uh-huh. I, I don't like this but like you know i had a crush on her friend <laughs> so uh-huh. i went <laughs> solid reason, oh, solid solid reason. Those guys. yeah you know, <laughs> just hop in the car and hang out but what what happened was they were playing at bricks which is now in the venue uh or maybe it's named something else now but right, yeah, I don't but it was in the middle of the summer so it was like the sun was out and uh-huh. what was interesting is that by the time they went on, the sun had went down uh-huh. and I hadn't heard any of their heavier, more like gothy stuff at all. And I remember seeing like a music video for that song I had. I'm like, these guys look like nerds. I don't, I don't like them. Uh-huh. They come out and he's makeup, you know, the, the whole goth thing is going I'm like, what is happening? And all of a sudden they're, playing this like heavy not like in a snap case heavy it was just like much more intense than i remember yeah. i'm just like whoa like it just kind of like blew like literally like blew me away and it was like the first time i've ever seen like hardcore dancing ever so that that blew my mind and i bought black sales and i saw the thank you lists and i saw Snapcase, i saw earth crisis and all these like bands are like oh like a whole new world you know Totally, totally. So I've only traveled twice to go see a band, and it wasn't even I kind of went along. Yeah. But I went with Eric Gardner. I'm pretty sure like Sheldon and Schweitzer and you know whoever there's. I'm pretty sure Gary even went. Um, but we went to Vegas, and it was this old movie theater. Um, the show. I wish I could remember the name of it. Huntridge. Yeah, that is it. Yep, and it was awesome. It was so cool. None of us, you know, all of us. I would guess we were underage. I'll bet we just barely started day two. Um, so I remember not knowing Eric very well, um, but it was kind of like Eric was the party planner as far as, you know, setting up the show, but who opened for them was him song bleeding through. Oh my and, gosh. And, uh, yeah. Crazy. And it was just those three bands and it was, it was awesome. And then the other one, um, we went to house of blues to go see him. But other than that, I don't think I've ever like, traveled you know to go see a band or whatever i wasn't much of a show goer you know like honestly like ever i only went to a few shows and it was i remember at took me to strung out and that's a band that i got like way into you know as far as um probably that kind of inspired me to go man i want to play music you know Mm -hmm. but um never did i ever uh, i i don't know i I mean, fame or whatever is net. That sounds like the worst thing ever, you know. As far as I mean, that was not like a drive to be like a successful band or anything mm-hmm. like that for me ever. And I always just kind of thought, eh, I don't make money yet. Music <laughs> is next to impossible, which it is. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. So like, even like like what you're saying, like going along with your sister, because I would do shows with my sister too, and so like uh-huh. we'd go back and forth, like trading CDs or whatever, and she'd uh-huh. steal some of mine, I'd steal some of hers, and like going to those early shows were like, holy crap, this is what I want to do. Like you going seeing Strung Out, uh-huh. and so 
you and AT Adam Adam Tolman, um, you guys played in a band together. Uh, second guess. Yeah. When when did that start? Well, so him and I just would just jam, you know, and we would just play like face to face covers or, and I don't, I think it was a lot of the time it was just him and I. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so AT, him and I went to junior high and high school together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, you know, we probably jammed every once in a while because um, he was like the only drummer I knew. But uh, Jared Anderton, who was in second guess, um, was always this like, he's, he's the same age as AT, but was a year older than me. And he was like, when, when I was in high school, he was this really cool like, older punk rock kid you know they like all these punk rock kids like set on these steps together you know and i was always kind of nervous to go by them because they were all so cool or whatever and so him and i jared and i never were friends in high school but i knew who he was and i think i saw him playing a few bands you know like where they play at lunch or something and he was always just he had he probably had the quickest palm muting i've ever seen you know probably even to this day he's just crazy fast palm muter but somehow we linked up probably right out of high school. And I'm sure um, Adam probably knew him, AT um, knew him. And so the three of us jammed and he was so good at guitar that I was like, well, man, I guess I'll just pick up bass. Mm-hmm. So I started playing bass. And so um, we ended up just writing a bunch of songs like Jared, awesome songwriter, had all these cool little songs made, like kind of already done. And then I had some stuff, you know, that I would just record with my mini disc player or cassette player, you know, me just playing guitar, writing stuff. And then we, uh, I guess, eventually formed a band, you know, we never, I think we did. Oh yeah. We, we record, we paid this guy and I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I would say probably a few thousand dollars. Wow. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, never finished it for us. Um, but it was ADATS. I think I actually still have the ADATS if I can get a hold of an ADAT machine. But we recorded a full record. And then I know I, he gave us the ADATS. I think he moved away or whatever. It ended up just not being the best experience. He didn't really screw us over. It just never got finished. Yeah. And then, now I can, oh, Bruce Kirby? Is that his name? Is that a guy yeah. who. Yeah, yeah. So I got to, I like, I must have like really looked in the phone book or something, but found Bruce Kirby and then had him mix like three songs for us. And that's probably really the only thing that we ever had recorded. We never made, I don't believe a CD to like sell or, you know, burn or anything. We didn't, we didn't really get very far, but that's actually how um, I met Sheldon and Matt and them um, is second guest played up at um, wherever Ted shoot. I don't know what it was called. I remember you guys, yeah, we played the junction, I guess, in Ogden. Mm-hmm. I think maybe once, and we just got along with those guys really well. You know, I remember seeing Schweitzer like play drums, and you know, he was just insanely fast and solid. You know, just like we all, and um, you know, we kind of hit it off. And I think after the show, we were like, "Hey, you guys want to hang out?" And or they asked us, and so we went and drank some beers or whatever, and just chilled and. Uh, just be, kind of became like homies every ever since then. And then I know we ended up playing, we knew the ECO guys, so I think we had them come down. I don't know how nobody brought this up yet, but we used to play at some dude's playground. That's all the time. <laughs> That's right. With like ECO, 
Um, we played a, we play like backyard barbecues. I know with like second guess. And then I don't know if it was low profile at the time or, um, it, yeah. What, what, what was the other band though? Free for all. Free for all. Yep. Yeah. And I know they just had like, they would just, you know, different, it, Nick D'Amico would hop in and play guitar on one song for one, you know, so I kind of, I remember in my head, I couldn't ever really tell which band was playing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or because they just kind of like juggle, you know, Sheldon would be on bass for this song and then, yeah, you know, whatever. Matt Lee would come in and, but, but, you know, they were all insanely talented, Tony and whatever, but we'd play, you know, in Salt Lake at some dude's playground and second guess, we ended up, I guess, just breaking up and, um, I don't really know the story on what happened with Low Profile if they just got done, but I remember them saying, hey, you want to join a band with us? And I was like, sure. You know, so. Yeah. Um, Sheldon didn't poach me. I, I, <laughs> I, remember, I remember being blown away that they even wanted me, you know, to start a band or make music or anything. I remember just being like, really? You guys are good. <laughs> I'm not. Because I, I never seen Second Guess because I was like, going to shows and whatnot but like i was still up north and if there was a show up north i would try to go to it but like i must have not gone to that one you know one show i missed i would guess we probably played up there maybe once or twice as all you know it's not like we played tons of shows but i bet we played a second guess maybe 10 15 shows tops you know yeah and it's funny what like how how things feel like because i feel like you guys had been around a lot more than that because like that was like the beginning of the internet and i would see shows and i would see the name and the uh-huh. the association of like um oh they're playing with low profile or they're playing with free for all because like uh-huh. those guys were beginning to be a big deal up there so mm-hmm. kind of the same thing of buying the afi record and seeing the other band's names mm-hmm. i was i ended up seeing second guess right and um and so, so if he didn't, if Sheldon didn't poach you, <laughs> that, yeah, no. I maybe just, that was their thought. Maybe they had eyes for you. And then like, it was, time. <laughs> I don't know, man, Matt Lee, that fool can sing, you know, and <laughs> I had guys, I got guys way talented. I, you know, and I just kind of was like, not like I, well, I guess I probably did. You know, I was kind of the, I didn't know them that great when we kind of started doing day two. I was just like, sure. You know, like I love playing music. And, um, so I remember, so the first song that, so I just started writing the song over now mm-hmm. when I, I think I had it done. It was like, I was going to do it on acoustic and I think I brought that up to like a practice or something. I was, you know, um, I don't even know if we had a band name. I remember us trying to think of a band name, but I brought up that song over now and I think they kind of dug it and. You know, it was like our first song that we, like, as this new band, whatever we were going to be. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of flowed together really well. I remember I just made up the guitar part and I had vocals, you know, and melody done to it. And um, they just made it into a song. You know, it was just, yeah. and I remember just being like, wow, that's way, it's way better than I ever imagined this song could be. Like, and I kind of, I remember I was just kind of blown away with how good they all work so yeah it, it, so like i was saying like because they were older than y'all are older than i am uh-huh. and i remember seeing low profile and i had my thoughts about them they were poppier they were just a little bit more like happier 
free for all was a little bit more aggressive and just driving right and when you bring in Schweitzer and and Sheldon and and Tony and, and then you come in there I felt like just from outside looking in like things got not so much heavier with uh-huh. uh because the heavier stuff didn't come till later yeah but things just got a little bit more serious than like your low profile or 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 free for all um do you feel like that was kind of your special sp- spice or uh what were you listening to at that point to be like okay this is the more mature sound than Man, maybe the previous ones that you had i don't know if i ever I don't know if I ever, I mean, especially at that point, I don't know if I was ever like, oh, I'm in a serious band. You know, it's kind of funny that, I don't know. I don't know if maybe I just thought it was never possible or, you know, oh, I'm not going to tour. But like, you know, truth be told, if it wasn't for Schweitzer and Sheldon, you know, and their drive and their ambition and their uh, work ethic and their passion, you know, we wouldn't. We, we would never would have toured. We probably never would have recorded a record. You know, I, I was just kind of along for the ride. I remember when they like put together t-shirt, like a t-shirt design. And I was just like, wait, like you, you can have a, your own shirt. Like, you know, and I just remember just there, you know, it's like they, they one day just showed up and we had this shirt. And I remember just being like, oh, that is so cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> but as far as what I was listening to, I'm, and I mean, you might have to edit like 99% of this out if I'm just rambling or not making sense. Like, I'll be all right with that. <laughs> but, uh, um, man, I don't, I don't know. I was probably listening to a lot of the same thing. You know, we were, I was kind of a little punk rock kid at the time, too. I'd say AFI was probably a, a heavy influence, though, yeah. really. I kind of liked where it was still upbeat, but where it wasn't, you know, just straight like major power chords or whatever, you know, there are some, um, you know, a lot of minor chords instead of, you know, for instance, like the A, you make yeah. it an A minor instead <laughs> of an E, oh, you just pull that index finger off and now it sounds sad or, <laughs> you know, mysterious, I don't know. And so like, I remember just trying a lot of chords like that and just thinking that, oh, I like the way this sounds more. Yeah, I never equated over now to AFI, but if you think about it with like the chorus on it and Jade, you know, the guitar player, with his clean parts, he's got the chorus going, like the uh, arpeggiated arpeggiated, uh, chords. So that makes a lot of sense to me now. I never even got that until. Well, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say I was trying to write a song like AFI with that Mm -hmm. song, but definitely a, a, a influence. You know, I probably, that first chord is a E. Yeah, and instead of doing just like an E power chord, like the higher, you know, the second octave E, yeah. I just added that uh, fifth in there, and so it sounded, you know, darker or whatever. But that was probably my really kind of first experimenting with different, you know, different chords and whatnot. So yeah, and so you finally, y'all finally get the day two name, and you probably right. have the the songs that made up the EP, just enough songs for you guys to play, start playing shows. And uh-huh. so you're in this new band with, uh, with Schweitzer and Sheldon, Tony. Um, how did it, what did it feel like to find, to, to be in a band like this, especially if, 
Oh man, playing, playing with this drummer like Swite, like Jake gushed over Switzer, like when I. Oh yeah, I still gush. I still gush over him. So I how did you feel? In fact, I gush over all of you. Like I remember, so I listened to the Jake podcast, and man, Jake saying that he doesn't feel like he really contributed a lot. Man, that is insane. His amount of contribution, as far as musically, and like, I mean, in, in fact, it was you two who wrote Vlad. Do you remember we went over? Oh, I just remembered this is a funny. Okay, thing. you might have to. <laughs> we went over to Jake's parents' house, and we did one rehearsal over there, and that's where we wrote vlog. Wow. Okay. We did. I remember it, we did one practice over there, and and Jake, and Jake wrote the da na 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 na. The first I thought it was you the whole time. I totally forgot. <laughs> that was Jake. <laughs> no, Jake straight up wrote wrote that. You know, I mean, I made up. I think that and the yeah. the high part, and you know, maybe like the little melodies of the guitar stuff. Yeah. But it was you too, and I remember you actually on bass doing the the second part, the dun, 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 and that was just you. And I just remember like, whoa, this is cool. And I think that's probably where we started getting heavier. So it's your fault, Jake. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> Dropsy. But it, like, well, like in keeping on with the AFI thing, because like AFI uh -huh. was such like a big band. Like I remember Nick being really into AFI too. Oh, yeah. I went to school with him and he was like dyeing his hair black, just like everyone else was like, I did uh -huh. too, like black fingernail polish, whatever. <laughs> and when he started like playing with y'all, like in getting, I, I could see the band getting slightly heavier and darker too, uh -huh. from like going to shows and whatnot. I feel like that was such I think if you listen to day two, like you wouldn't really pick that up because like we, we didn't dress dark. That wasn't like our thing, no. but I, musically, like maybe that's maybe why I was attracted to it in the first place too, because I was really an AFI and was into the kind of the prettier uh -huh. guitar parts, but like, I mean like distorted in a couple breakdowns here and there. I think that's why I got into it. But, um, yeah. Um, Totally. And this is just kind of funny too, as far as the professionalism, um, like Sheldon was such like a gear guy, you know, and like, he didn't want, he didn't, you know, if, if we had a, if I had brought my 212 crate combo amp, I bought, you know, from Guitar City, from my painting houses with my dad money, you know, to a practice, he, it, it almost like I think in his eyes, in which I understood and I actually kind of take it that same way now is like, if you're serious about your music, if you're going to play, you know, you, you, then you're going to work hard enough to save up that money or whatever you got to do to get that equipment to be a, a legit band, you know? So I remember, you know, like with Sheldon, that was just like, it was really important to him. And, and I think, you know, he, he would, he would say, and I'm not quoting him by any means, but something, you know, like how can you take a band serious if they don't take themselves serious, you know, definitely not a quote, but kind of the same thing. So like, you know, we all wanted to have legit guitars and, you know, we, we'd have, we'd mess around with the settings on our amps and, um, you know, we, we really focused on being a tight band. And I feel like maybe not only what you were saying as far as being maybe dark or a little bit different, but that we presented it like maybe, you know, that we were serious, that we had serious gear, our amps were loud, you know, like, um, and we rehearsed, we wanted to be tight. It wasn't just kind of like, um, 
you know, it's not, none of us had these like dreams. I don't think to be like the biggest band or anything like that. We just love making music. Like if, if there was n nobody on the earth today, you know, I think every one of us are still people who are going to make music regardless of if we're the only ones who listen to it, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, like we have a need to create and, it was kind of funny listening to these other podcasts since I'm kind of the last one on here. Um, just how everyone is in a job where they have to create something, you know, or they're, I mean, even, even, uh, you know, Sheldon with the golf course, like that's, that's his baby, you know, as far as the layouts of it. Um, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that we're not, our brains maybe work a little bit different where we need to create something whether it be film, you know, TV, music, uh, you know, any of it, that there's some, this creative outlet that we have to have in our lives. So. Oh, to totally agree. And, and bringing up the professionalism. And I think uh -huh. uh, when I first started seeing day two, um, I think the, prof the professionalism part of it, is it, it does like help a lot you know as, as yeah. far as like me being like 16 17 year old 17 years old when i was beginning to first like un understand who you guys were it's like oh wow they have marshall amps yeah they're they two amps they have two amps <laughs> they've got ampeg eight by ten like i just felt like it was like a, just a step up you know yeah because like, sure. I felt like low profile was like getting there and i'm sure second mm -hmm. guess was there at a certain time but i felt like that from outside looking in is like, all right, we're doing it. Uh-huh. And then absolutely. And, and that and that's Sheldon. I mean, Sheldon named the record Never Come Home, because man, that's all that kid wanted to do is just get on the road. He didn't even care. You know, like that's like, you know, Sheldon was the tour. Like, I don't care what we're you know, whatever. We're getting on the road and we're touring, whether anyone likes it or not. And I remember so I live I still lived in Salt Lake. But I remember just showing up at the house, um, that old, I can't remember the name of the street, but, you know, right off 89. Mm -hmm. um, I remember just showing up there and we had this red van. Like, I didn't, I, I don't remember them talking to me about buying this van. I don't know who bought it. I don't know. Where, even to this day, I have no idea where the hell it came from. We just had this red 15-passenger van. And it was like, I remember just thinking, you know, damn, these guys are serious. Like we're gonna go on tour soon, and then I'll bet I'll bet our first tour. I remember I turned twenty one on this very first tour we did, and I remember us pulling out of the pulling out of the house. You know, we had like maybe a week or two planned. Um, you know, I think probably the most people we played in front of was ten people or something like that. But um, I remember us begging Seer to come along, and Seer's like, "No, you know, I can't, I can't." And as we're driving out, we're like almost to 89, you know, just at the top of there. Yeah. And Seeger's just hollowing ass running with nothing but a toothbrush in his hand, just yelling, wait, wait. <laughs> and Seeger just hops in the van, no money, no change of clothes. You know, the only thing he brought was a toothbrush, hopped in the van and was gone with us for two weeks. And, you know, I mean, I, we, I remember him taking a, he took a bath in, uh, I guess it's, is it the Columbia River up in, there's a Tri-Cities up in, oh, uh, it's like Kennewick. Yeah, Oregon. But or or Washington or something. Yeah, so we hop in, we're, we're, we just go to this boat, or we go to this, we didn't even know what it was. We just saw this body of water, and it's pretty wide, so we just thought it was a lake or something. 
And the reason why we're going there is so Seeger can take a bath. Because, and, and I guess wash his clothes, which how you wash your clothes and take a bath, you just get in the water with your clothes on and, and see your bath, you know, opinion. But so we go there and we end up meeting these, uh, these ladies are probably in their sixties and they're this lesbian couple with this boat. And so they, you know, we're joking around. We're like, Hey, take us out on your boat. And they like straight up, come pick us up. And they were the neatest ladies. They took us out on the boat their boat their, their, the name of their boat was das my boat d-a-s my boat <laughs> and oh man that just the best first little tour you know and my family we never traveled you know we we didn't have money to go anywhere i think i'd been to uh denver a few times we'd go to a broncos game but other than that i don't think i ever really left the state oh we went to disneyland once when i was little but i barely remembered it so that yeah. experience of going you know, just going on the road with no cares in the world, you know, I mean, especially Seeger with only a toothbrush, you know, I was like, man, these guys, they're going for it, you know, and I'm, I get to be a part of it. How cool. So. Yeah. And, and I brought it up on, you know, Matt's and Sheldon's podcast where Sheldon, like he was driven. He's like, yeah, let's do it. But like, he wasn't, he wasn't like uh, a whip cracker by any means. He wasn't like, oh. let's go. Like he was just, he had like a quiet, like confidence about oh, it. Oh man. So, yeah, no. So, I mean, if I know you talked about almost like roles in the band, but like, I'd say like, you know, Sheldon was like the dreamer, you know, kind of the, uh, I, you know, the never come home. I'm never coming mm-hmm. home. I'm playing music with my buddies, you know? And then Schweitzer is like the guy who made it happen, you know, like yeah. between together, like Schweitzer was, I mean, they're both brilliant you know, just human beings and just people in general, but mm. like they just made it happen. Like all of a sudden we had hoodies, you know, and, yeah, and, and a new van. I remember when we, they bought, they just like, I seriously, I'm, I don't remember them shopping for it or whatever, or, and I'm sure they were, but they just had a van, you know, a new white 15 passenger van, a big, yeah. uh, you know, Hallmark trailer. <laughs> and I, I was just like, cool. <laughs> I did nothing. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, but they're just such go-getters, you know. So yeah. the, the, we would have never done any touring. Probably, like I said, never had a record if it wasn't for those two. So, yeah, and and from my and from my point of view, as far if we're talking about roles in the band, uh-huh. I think you were one of the first, like as far as locally speaking, one mm-hmm. of the first like frontmen that. I felt like actually like brought it actually did a, like a really, really good job. Cause once you lost playing guitar and gave that mm-hmm. over to Nick, so you kind of started doing, you were just great at it. And especially like uh, when Sheldon brought up playing these shows at uh, classic skating, these battle of the bands, mm-hmm. aside from the Marshall <laughs> four tens and the Ampeg mm-hmm. eight tens, like you, you brought a seriousness to it in like, uh, theatricality to it all um what was it like losing the guitar and just doing that for the first time and did you know that you were good at it i still don't think i was good at it. i don't know no i it was terrifying i mean like I, I probably didn't act like it but there's definitely a almost like a you know once once i was on stage i kind of just 
let loose, you know? But like, if you asked me to sing a song to you right now, you know, or just one-on-one, like it'd be like, I don't know if I could do it, you know? But like, once I got up there and I kind of had the support of the band and we were going to rock it, I just kind of cut loose and I was okay. But I mean, the amount of anxiety or uh, fear or just, you know, maybe feeling like I didn't really fit in or, uh, you know, maybe my moves aren't cool enough or whatever, you know, a lot of second guessing myself <laughs> um, happened a lot. See, I'm, I'm a dad. I got all the dad yeah. jokes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely terrified. It wasn't, it wasn't confident, you know, it was maybe, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say definitely not insecure, but terrified until I got on there and then it just felt, it felt right. So I, I don't know. It's one of those things like if I ever see video back of me, you know, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what a dork. And I love, and this is the biggest compliment to you guys, but you guys, like, I think all your cool moves or kicks or whatever, or watching Schweitzer, Sheldon, dude, Sheldon's an entertainer. I thought on stage, man, that, guy, that guy's got, he should have, yeah, I mean, I'll bet he could be a professional like hip hop dancer or something just with his coordination and, like timing, everything's just spot on. But it was so fun watching you guys, and I always felt like I was the nerd kind of out of place, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's funny to hear because you hear some sometimes you hear frontmen saying this, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm you know I'm terrified until I get get on stage," uh-huh. and then you bust you start busting out the backflips off the the drum the drum rider yeah. or the, the, the or the kick drum itself. Not yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> so where did that come from? Like, was it like you just knew how to do it? You're like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to do it one time. And yeah, I think we joked about it like at one point. And then I, I remember the first time I did it, I didn't tell Schweitzer. I think I would first, cause I can just do a standing back tug. Um, like I, I was a gymnast when I was younger, you know, don't tell anyone, but you know, I wore tights, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I could do a standing back tuck just on the ground. And I remember doing that, you know, maybe at one or two shows, but I just do it all on the ground or maybe off the drum riser. And I remember the first time I did it off the kick drum, I remember Schweitzer kind of being like, that's, that's my DW, man. <laughs> you know, or, you know, and kind of be worried about it. But after, you know, after we were like, all right, it, it can handle it, you know, then, you know, I'd be, backflipping as much as I could and I, I don't know if that maybe gave me a little bit of confidence and it's not like I wasn't scared while I was doing it you know mm-hmm. or on stage I just you know I mean you just kind of you just go for it and what happens happens I think I'm probably terrified while doing it. it's almost like well I'm still terrified but now I'm singing and doing backflips so now I'm distracting myself at this point you know so maybe it didn't necessarily go away but yeah. almost like now I got something to do with my time instead of panic over getting on stage, you know, let's rock mm-hmm. it while we do it and have fun. So. Well, it was a differentiator too. Cause no one was doing that at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like people were like, we're swinging microphones and you would do that too. But like no one was jumping. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely got a kick. I mean, I guess it's similar, but different. Like, I'll be at the grocery store and just say something ridiculous to somebody next to me, almost like to just kind of entertain myself, you know? So like, yeah. 
I, and, and I get a kick out of it, you know, nothing rude or anything, but just, you know, maybe something off the wall or shocking or a joke or whatever, you know, and it's just kind of fun. Um, but I, I think I did. I, I like the fact as we went on of, Hey, this person over here is talking to their friend and not watching our band, you know, not like I yeah. but just something memorable, I guess, really. So while they were often, you know, off to the side of the stage, I'd do a somersault or something ridiculous on the ground or wrap the microphone cord around the two of them yeah. and scream in their face or something, you know, just to probably make myself kind of laugh. But also, you know, this is something maybe they'll never forget. They can hate us. They can hate our music, but they're, you know, they're not going to, they're going to remember us. <laughs> type right. of thing. And I thought that was always kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah. And in another thing that, that we were doing like jumping ahead to when I, I joined the band, uh, cause I don't know if you were kicking Tony or, <laughs> or Sheldon, but like I, I was the target of you, your kicks uh, a lot of the time really close to you. And I remember my mom would come to a show like the CD release show and she's like, Kevin's kicking you. <laughs> like, and so, like, I can't remember, like, if I was kicking you back at us at some point. Because I think after a while, I was starting to give it to you, too. I think Sheldon started it, if I'm not, um, if I remember correct. You know, just some, I remember him just rocking out and, like, just kicking me or something. And mm -hmm. we just kind of went with it, you know, or, like, you know how maybe, like, Aerosmith, they'd go back to back yeah. and sing, you know, a chorus line or something, like... Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, like they'd sing out of the same mic with their backs touching. It's almost kind of like that camaraderie yeah. uh, with kicking each other. Did, were you at the whiskey? You played the whiskey go go yes, show, right? Where I, did, I yeah. kicked Sheldon off the stage. <laughs> I totally forgot about. That. You remember that? It was like a six. <laughs> it was like I can't yes, remember how big that stage is too. It's tall. Didn't it's like tall. Who, who? Someone else fam famous like fell off. It was like. I don't know. It was like Jim Morrison or someone. Axl Rose or something. I don't know. That like fell off and got really hurt. But he popped up like a, you know, like some crackhead or something. Just hopped right back up, ran back up on the stage. I don't think he missed a note. But I remember just being like, oh, crap. I just kicked him off the stage. I think that was like a big showcase, too. It was. It? Yeah, we, there's a few labels. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> And like it's it's funny looking back because I remember like because I was younger than everyone else so like and I and it's and it's still a thing with me today like I hate feeling like I'm I'm picked on and so there were times where I'm like like oh really yeah yeah no like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sure I brought, I, I'm sure I blew up at some point in a van and like said something so it's good stop kicking me yeah but like I remember. I don't know if you remember this. I remember one time I straight up clotheslined you and I actually knocked the wind out of you. Uh, and we I almost don't, got uh, in a fight. We did? Indianapolis Warp Tour. Do you not remember this? I do not. Yeah, we almost know. got in a fight because I straight up leveled you with the clothesline, like WWE style. Like while we were playing, we almost yes. got in a <laughs> Oh, I have no recollection. Maybe oh. they concussed you. <laughs> <laughs> did I, so did I get mad? Oh yeah, you were pissed. Oh, no, I was kind of pissed too, though. <laughs> I think it was like, well, it was warped tour too, though, because like we were like probably so on edge. Like, man, I don't ever see through. Yeah, I'm no, stupid I, with that stuff, though. You might have been mad at me, and I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I don't ever remember 
getting in or even getting upset. Well, it's just, it's, it's just funny because like I talk about Warped Tour a lot because I feel like that is like the time that we had as a band that really like whether it went one way or another, you know, whether like people leaving or, but it was such like a catalyst for our biggest like successes Mm -hmm. and like whatever came afterwards. Right. And so like, I just feel like that tour was just so like intense. So I'm not surprised something like that was happening. And honestly, one thing that was happening that particular day is I was trying to wash my clothes and the dryer wasn't working, so I spent all day trying to do my clothes. So you're mad enough already without I was me pissed off already, yeah. Without me kicking you, huh? <laughs> Sorry. No, I I I don't I don't remember that. I really apologize. No, no, it's 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 something I can laugh about now. You know? <laughs> I'm surprised you it's and it's funny what people do and don't remember. Man, I'm you know, I'm so I feel like I'm so dumb with reading people sometimes or you know, maybe like unsure of myself sometimes where like I have the hardest time read. So you, I mean, you could have been mad at me and I had no idea. Like I noticed myself overthinking constant, like to this day back then, you know, like where I'll sit and rework something in my head so much to where I don't, you know, both ways where I'll totally yeah. just overthink it where, Oh, of course he wasn't mad, but, or, you know, <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. He was yeah. furious when, you know, maybe that person wasn't even upset. So yeah. In, in, I'm gonna have to edit this out because I had a thought and it went away. Oh, you're good. Um, you can edit anything out, man. Yeah. It's going to be like a, tw- a 20 minute long, uh, podcast. Cause whew. no. So what you're saying about like not really like being like aware or whatever, but like maybe that's like not like your strength, not even just like back then, like it's just something that's like a part of you, right? Oh, like, dude. Me. But for oh. me, like 18 year old me to like 35 year old me now, there's still stuff that even though if we were to put ourselves now into that situation, uh-huh. I still might struggle because like for, for me, like a, a weakness for myself is that sometimes I just don't say anything until like, it's time for me to clothesline somebody. <laughs> dude, dude, me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I mean, if this is, I mean, I don't care whatever on the air, off the air. I just like yeah. talking, man. But I mean, just as I get older and it, it's honestly ever since my sis died, um, like it's, I've really like just stopped and not like I've ever been like intentionally dishonest with myself. But almost kind of how my families work. We just, you know, when you do something wrong, you just, you almost just, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. Whether somebody hurt your feelings, almost like how you just said, like that somebody pissed you off, but you choose not to say anything about it. I'm, that's how my family operates, like our yeah. Corkery family. That's how we've always operated. But since my sis passed, it's just, I've real, and even with all this time with COVID, Mm-hmm. man, I'm just like so much self-analyzing and so much, um, you know, digging up these old memories. Like, uh, I mean, I'm finding, you know, from pictures of Ryder as a baby to, you know, these tour laminates, whatever, but yeah. just like an honest evaluation of like, who is Kevin? You know, like what makes me happy? Um, how screwed up is this? You know, that I think this way. Or why am I this way? Why, yeah. why is it, you know, why, why in my life are these things always like a, like a pattern, like I'm unsuccessful at this? Why do I keep mm-hmm. doing it? You know, 
and so it's been kind of fun um to just like be completely brutally honest with myself and just call myself out on all my own bullshit yeah. that not like I would ever, you know, that not that I intentionally would ignore, but that I would, you know, yeah. for, to a certain degree or, or just really bring it to light. And then almost like that, you know, you don't know, or the first step in solving a problem is, you know, acknowledging it. Mm. And so just being honest with who I am and, uh, like I've really probably for the first time in my life actually liked who I am, you know, I'd yeah. say in the last probably like four or five years and I realized my strengths and I, I'm honest with myself about my weaknesses, you know? And so dude, like heart to heart, like if I ever pissed you off back then, you know, like I'm truly, so like truly sorry. And I'm oh, working no. on the type of person I am. So if I kicked you and I didn't <laughs> listen to you or, you know, I'm really, really sorry. Dude. No. And it's, and it's funny how like, depending on the day that could be like, ha this, that's fun. You know, that's a fun thing to do, but oh, then you dude. just never, you just well, never. Tour is brutal, man. Yeah. You said heat and I mean, it, you could sit in, we could sit in the van and run the AC all day and you never, you wouldn't cool down. No. It just so depending on where you're at, it's humid. We didn't sleep or shit, you know? Yeah. And we, we, we know, we no joke ate Taco Bell every day. Yeah. We had our per diem that See, and I, I get Warped Tour mixed up too. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to remember what year. Like, I totally have memories, you know, w- with you doing. Um, it, I, and I remember when Jake flew home. Like, I remember that. But I'll, I, I know for a fact I mixed some of those years, especially yeah. when we did the whole thing in whatever year that was, you know, where Johnny was in the band and Brady was playing bass. And actually, Schweitzer, you know, Schweitzer was, I think he was on the tour selling shirts. Yeah. Um, but we had Joe playing drums i'm pretty sure that's the year we did the full warp tour yeah but yeah it all, it all kind of jumbles together but anyways what i was just trying to say is you know i, I if i ever was a dick like i'm truly sorry and that goes so, you know. yes same here because i i know that i was super angsty you know i was 18 like it's like man like i'm i'm glad i did that so early but i did not have the emotional like intelligence to like, I don't know if I do now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like, I mean, I think I've leveled up a little bit, you know, but like to handle being in a van with like six other guys with like person, different personalities and like really like, cause if, like I said, like if we can put ourselves now back then, you know, if we could just like transfer our experiences like we could have done things so much differently and better but sometimes it's just the luck of the draw if a band succeeds or doesn't you know regardless of like any of that Mm -hmm. so i know do you you ever think about do you ever think about uh just how like uh, i i guess i don't know if generational or whatever but like like say like we tried to do what we did five years later. Like I mean, MySpace wasn't even out. You know, don't do you remember when Warped where they'd set up that MySpace tent? So in the morning, all the bands could go over and do check the MySpace. MySpace. Like you, you didn't have that on your phone. You know, I I didn't even have a phone. I don't think like through, um, you know, maybe the last tour. But it it's crazy. There's no pictures. You know, I mean, we don't have tons and tons of pictures. Like any pictures we have is you know, like our buddy taking one with like a disposable camera, you know, or something like that. 
where, you know, nowadays, but I don't, I don't know if I'd want to do, I think we were kind of like the last, that time period anyways, yeah. we were kind of like the last pure, you know, I mean, we weren't trying to get likes. We, we were just making music, you know, like hoping for the yeah. best, you know? And I just feel like it's, I don't know, like if I was, if you were 18 again right now in this day and age and I was, you know, whatever I was 21, would I want to be in a band? I don't think so. I don't, I really don't think I would. I, I, I don't know if I could, you know, uh, you know, try to sell myself or sell the band, you know, or it's so oversaturated, mm. you know, we, you don't buy CDs, you know, you, I don't know. It's just such a different time in music that I think it's almost kind of ruined it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't even know if I would even know how to go about it. Even though, even now that there's so much information, like, how to run a social media profile <laughs> just like those sort of things that like you can look up on google like oh that's how i do it like it's such it's so prescriptive yeah. like a step-by-step -step thing that you can do but like i don't think uh i had built that part of my brain up back then to even know even try to know how to do that it doesn't correctly. seem like it'd be fun do you remember street teams and yeah. <laughs> sign up for an email and like yeah. Flyer, like how we talked about flyering. When was the last time you saw like a, you know, a, a real flyer? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, other, and I, and I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's just yeah. it kind of takes takes the romance out of it. Like or like it's like when I remember when my first friend, you know, I never had better friendships than when I was probably 12, 13, 14, because we walked everywhere and we'd have these experiences where we just talked. You know, we would. And, you know, we'd find a rock and we'd throw it at a car along the way and laugh and run and, you know, whatever. And we'd share these, like, true human being interactions together. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my first buddy, Cody, he was older than us, he got a, his driver's license. And now, you know, this two-hour walk to Shopco to go buy boxing gloves so we could try to fight each other to get tough <laughs> or something. Responsible. You know, yeah, where it was a two-hour walk, now it's a you know thirty-second drive, where none of us say a word to each other, and you know because we were jamming Rage Against Machine the whole time, yeah. and so it's almost like that robbed us of that experience, of that time to just walk and talk and think and laugh and experience each other for who we are, mm -hmm. and that was just a car, you know. I mean, think of Facebook and cell phones you know it's like i don't know not to get all intellectual but it's just something <laughs> or i don't know if intellectual is even the right word but just like deep but it's almost like you take you just add one little thing like that that is awesome and it takes away you know kind of robs you of some of these experiences and i guess i'm mm -hmm. kind of feel that same way maybe with music today i don't know if i would be so stoked to do it when you know i don't know but it was just such a, it was a magical time. It was, it was great, man. Yeah. I Cause like, time. I remember if someone had a camera in the crowd, I was actually really excited. Like, Oh, yeah. someone's like, Oh, we're, yeah. oh yeah. Someone's going someone's taking a picture of us or, or taking video or whatever, but uh -huh. you go to a show now and everyone's on their phones, like videotaping, like, oh. or like, you know, like a post Malone show or whatever. Like if you see footage of that, everyone has their cell phone out yeah. and you know, I, I'm def we definitely sound like old dudes going like, complaining. Oh yeah, but 
but like it was different because like i feel like uh the summer after the warp tour that we did the 05 06 because the 05 was people talk about this as a real moment in time where like fallout boy got big uh yeah, my my, my uh-huh. chemical romance blew up. I don't know if my Kim was on that year. I know they were on the they, Yeah, they were. I, they I remember were them again. Cutting, they cut Sheldon's hair or something. The, what's nice. his name? And then, do you remember Mike from The Bled? Yeah. Remember? He, he ended up playing for Mike Kim after that. Oh, wow. You yeah. After The Bled, bro. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of funny. But. But, like, but I feel like that was like that year in 06 where like MySpace became even bigger and bigger. And uh-huh, people were uh-huh. starting to like really fall in love with the likes or like followers or whatever in because there would be these bands who'd have like 200,000 followers but they couldn't draw anyone i remember going to a show at kilby court where my buddy bradley was on tour with like uh they're called breathe carolina which they were were like an electronic scene Mm -hmm. type of thing huge on myspace they only drew 30 40 people well, yeah, it will just became like a weird, and I think that's, you know, it started becoming more of a fashion show and, you know, whatever. Like, it seemed like people were less serious about just making music with your buddies and hitting the road, just, you know, going, maybe we'll be homeless on the, <laughs> on the beach in Venice for a week. And that's cool, you know? Yeah. Maybe, you know? I don't know. In going back to that first tour, because I, I like to talk about the first tour we did, because uh-huh. I feel like that was also like a moment in time that was like a milestone for us. Where is it? That's the Furnace Fest tour. You guys have yeah. talked about that. I, I've been trying because I remember it was probably pretty close to after the CD release show. Is that right? Yep, that was like a like okay. two weeks or a, a month right after that. I think. And we is it, is this where did we do the whole East Coast? No, that was later on that year. But this one was, we went through the Rocky Mountains up to Washington, down California, then through... Oh, I do remember. This is the band who was supposed... The one that we were talking... Or that you guys talked about in the podcast. Yeah, the East Coast one was like the really... All right. No, I do remember. (laughs) I remember that now. That was a fun tour, though. But yeah. It it got fun. Yeah. At first it was hard, but it got fun. (laughs) Yeah. But like... Because that was like the first... Because you did like the two week tour thing, you know. That was when I still play guitar, yeah. Yeah. And then me and Jake joined and we had this record out, you know, we signed the deal and we had a thing to work towards. Like, was it in your mind, especially since like maybe it wasn't like your dream necessarily, like it was like for Sheldon? Uh-huh. But what was that experience like for for you going on this first tour? Was it like, holy crap, we're doing it for real now? Or. Yeah, it, it it was amazing. I mean, like I like I I mean, traveling was a huge draw to me, or just playing somewhere else. And I I can't remember which one you guys talked about it, but showing up to a city and having someone sing our words, you know, like it was just like it was nuts. And it, I mean, it was super fulfilling, and um, and just to get out and and do stuff. I mean, it it was so fun just pulling up to a venue you know, early or whatever. And, you know, you go skateboard, go get a bomb burrito, you know, whatever, whatever, (laughs) some waffle house or see somebody get stabbed in California, you know, whatever, whatever, just some crazy, crazy times, some fun times and meeting a lot of the people that we met. I mean, I cannot, like when I look back, I don't know if all memories are glorified by time, but you know, 
<laughs> Truly prophetic words. <laughs> but uh, that was bad. But uh, you know, just so cool. Like, what a cool experience. And so yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful cool. for every part of it, every drop of it. Yeah. So maybe you weren't wrapped in, wrapped up in like the scene part of it, or oh, or man. the the music business part of it. You were just in the moment and being stuck. in the moment for sure. And and I mean, my gratitude just from hearing these uh, podcasts. I mean, I've always been grateful, but it just shoots up so much more because I mean, I maybe I just didn't really realize, but the effort that you know you put in the book and tours the you know that sheldon did and you know schweitzer whatever man being a financial genius and uh just buying vans and trailers where you know Ta-da, there's a van showed up where i didn't even do it you know didn't even know anything about it um you know none of that we wouldn't have done anything without your guys's drive i kind of i just you know made music and you know would try to contribute like by writing songs, but as far as, you know, the, just being smart, (laughs) I don't know if if I contributed, you know, that way. I was just kind of, I think all heart and, uh, where you guys were all heart and brains. So, um, but yeah, fantastic. I mean, I, I love like the friendships that we've made. I mean, we still talk, how you guys are talking about Jenny and Mm -hmm. St. Louis. And I mean, from, the Asley dying guys to, you know, I mean, small victory, Mercury switch, you know, all these just amazing bands. Um, I, I have a, maybe not a funny story about armor for sleep, but, um, I, it's, I'm pretty sure his name's Ben. Yep. I remember he would come watch us on warp tour every day and be like, dude, are you going to do the backflip? Are you going to do the backflip? And then he probably spent two hours telling me about this watch that he had. Mm-hmm how it's the most like right on like i mean he was just such a like just such a smart you know like techie like go play atari with type of guy yeah you know just such a cool dude but yeah i remember loving those guys that too i don't remember talking crap to jake but hopefully (laughs) it's one of those things i was just teasing him about his shirt but (laughs) <laughs> I think I gave him crap too, so it's okay. Did you, I, I was probably just teasing him, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember him just being like, "Dude, can you do the backflip like the first song today? Because I got to go over here." <laughs> <laughs> and he would want to watch the backflip every day. That's funny. And so we so we talked about oh four warp tour and just how hard hard it was, and I uh, had the tour with Mercury Switch and. Jake was still dealing with illness and I'm in my own head. And so me and me and Jake left, uh, no surprise there, but y'all kept going the year after Oh five. Uh-huh. This time it was a whole tour and not the three weeks. Uh-huh. And you still had yourself and Sheldon, you know, Matt's uh-huh. doing his thing somewhere else and you bring on these three other guys. So I, I mean, I have to imagine that experience was wildly different or was it not like how was that particular tour comparatively speaking man i mean like nothing you know nothing against those guys but they they definitely weren't you and jake you know i mean i think i wrote it to you guys in a text you know when we were first kind of talking about this but it's hard for me to think of day two doing anything like i probably i, I bet i have some memories 
where it's with, and I'm not saying anything you know negative about, but where I probably just put your faces on, you know, or like, no, are you sure it wasn't you who was there? You know, it might have been them, but um, I mean, that that it was a fun tour. It was it was awesome doing the whole thing, you know. So yeah, but you know, just as hard. I so this is how not a scene kid I was the first time I'd ever went to work tour was the first year we ever played it. I never went as a kid. I never, I didn't really, I mean, I heard about it, but that was my first time ever going. And I think I've only went once since we didn't play. And it was just to meet up with some friends bands that were on it that year. Yeah. I might've went twice, but not, you know, just to meet Frank, hang out with some buddies. Yeah on the tour rather than you know go as to go see bands so mm-hmm. but yeah it's definitely tough it's tough for every band it's tough with bands and buses it's tough with you know second bus call happens and you know the the caravan starts where everyone just follows everyone yeah you know some some nights it's later a lot of times it's the second warp tour is over and people are taking off while we're still packing up so yeah yeah, especially like the old, like I can imagine myself on that tour now, just like I, there's no way that I would do it in a van now. <laughs> I did not, like, I don't know. It'd be tough. It'd be, it'd be really tough. So like, I, I kind of understand, you know, maybe the more like veteran type of bands now who would just be like, just get me on that bus. And if we, the first moment that we get pack up the merch and get the hell out. Of here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'd be like, dude, I'll be it's hot out here. <laughs> yeah, so, nothing like being from Utah. Nothing really prepares you for like the humidity, <laughs> like especially if you like haven't been a part of that or grown okay. up that way. I I remember the first time seeing fireflies, like my whole life. Is there is there fireflies? Where yeah, yeah, there's fireflies. It's cool of that. I love it. Yeah, one of the best things about it here. So so O five is over. So. And then you left the band. So maybe not a lot of people know why. And I don't even think I know like the whole story why you why you left the band. Oh man, I was getting married and having a baby. Just like like that. You know, true Utah style. Yeah, so so that was that was the the main thing. You just had to be had to be done. Yeah, man, I was just you know, probably probably I mean I'm not passionate about a whole lot of things, you know, but uh making music and being a dad and you know, the second I was going to be a dad, you know, that became my number one focus. So, yeah, still, still is. I got the coolest kid ever. <laughs> and how old is he? He's 13 now. 13. That, my, my daughter just turned 13. So as yeah. well. So that's and see, like I was, I wow. think I remember now being like surprised that you had left. Of course, like in my mind, I can't even back then, I can't even fathom the idea of being like a dad. So like, well, it was hard yeah, for me to empathize. I remember when I left man. So I mean, I wasn't too young, but I wasn't old by any means. So. Yeah. Cause I think you might've been like, what, like 25, 26. Yeah. I was, point, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so like, I couldn't even like begin to empathize with that because like I, you know, I didn't have any younger siblings. I didn't know anyone other than like my Mormon friends who got. Um, yeah, when they get back, right? When yeah, mentioned. like, and I just, I, I just couldn't even begin. So, because I, I thought that if if anyone was going to go down with the ship, it would have been like you 
<laughs> when Sheldon, you know, because in my mind, like the front man, like he's a front man. <laughs> he, he can't go, you know, <laughs> just because I was oh, still man. a fan as well. You know, you know, it's so funny hearing like the stuff that, you know, like the Mutton Hollow and Plain City, mm-hmm. like hearing Sheldon, I was like, why was I ever the singer? Or even hearing your stuff, I was like, why? Like, you guys are incredible compared. I mean, Sheldon just rips on vocals. I just, He's I mean, I remember hearing that and I was like, why was I the singer? I should have just played guitar. Like, like either Nanez or uh, Sheldon should have sang the whole time. I don't, I don't know if, you know, as far as day two, I don't think you guys missed the beat for a little while. I'm sure it's different, but I don't even know how it really all ended, like, after I left. Like, how long yeah. it went on. I know you guys kind of tried a few singers. We tried again, yeah, because I, I rejoined for a few months with, like, and there was, like, a rotating door of, there was, like, two singers that we had at one point, not at the same time, but, like, Nick Matthews, who ended up doing other bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Prothrow, like, he wasn't really in, in the scene or whatever, but he was a different sort of singer. And, like, I think we were just figuring it out. And the songs were good. But then I left again. <laughs> but then Mutton Hollow started. And then we started to really, like you are saying. But did you jam in Mutton Hollow? I did not. Those songs, oh. but those songs that ended up on that EP, like, those were day two songs that ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember when I heard, no, like, I was like, oh, I wrote that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, uh, the stuff that ended up on, uh, we have, like, as the B-sides on the Never Come Home, like, the heavier uh-huh. stuff, like, I remember playing those songs when I came back and just like hearing those songs again, like, of course, like there's like the shoulda, woulda, coulda, but like maybe if we signed that deal and had those songs, who knows like what could have happened. And, but, but at the same time, like you hear about how miserable people are in record deals, you know? Oh man, I guess, I don't know if you're supposed to say name, you know, but I remember some of those victory deals talking to some of, you know, my buddies or our buddies who are on victory and how if they weren't playing shows, they weren't making any, you know, like even where they didn't make any money off shirts, they sold, you know? So I know I don't, our deal, the one that I think you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, I think was pretty legit. I mean, I think it was a good deal. I can't remember if it was like two records or I think it was two records with the option of a third. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, talking with the attorney and whatever, I, I remember it being a pretty solid deal that ended up not, you know, just not working out, but yeah, who knows? It's always kind of a wonder, but it seems like, I mean, just from talking to, you know, people in bands and when it starts to become just like a straight business, like, uh, maybe, I don't know to me, maybe it's probably not that fun or, yeah. or at least I can't handle any of it you know which is probably why i didn't is i didn't ever be the guy who's hey where's our money <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i never did because it seems like that would take the fun out of it to me you know yeah uh, i don't know but yeah woulda coulda shoulda you know i mean i i'm happy i mean it seems like we're all doing great you know so and it is sure. funny how just these one little connections like how jake kind of equates day two to even the job that he has today yeah <laughs> you know it's just it's wild. wild now just one interaction or one you know person just completely alters your life it's it's wild and with all you guys i mean i can't 
say thanks enough because I feel like you all altered mine in a way, um, you know, that I'm will eternally be grateful for. So yeah, for sure. It's not, same here because like I some of the greatest moments of my life is you know as far as like touring and stuff goes but even like day two before I even joined like i'm still great friends with tony d'amico and texted uh-huh. him yesterday and i've been super close with him for 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 a long time even since then since, yeah, since being, leaving the band you know he's one of the most amazing people ever and you can edit this out but i gotta tell you just a quick story of the person tony is so i just started we just probably started day two tony was working at zoomies in salt lake um, I just meet up with him for lunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really don't know him that well, but I, I, I know we all wanted gear and stuff like that. We're all kind of like saving up for whatever. Um, he's doing this like little promotion for them. Zoomies employees. So we, he needs to get a hundred $1 bills. So him and I go over to this bank that's in fashion place mall parking lot. You know, he doesn't have an account there. No, no way, you know, nothing. We're, we just, are getting change. Mm-hmm. And so he gives the lady a hundred dollar bill. She hands us back the envelope with hundred ones. We get back over to the mall. She's given us a hundred twenty dollar bills on accident. <laughs> and so me being the shithead I am, I'm just like, booyah, cabinets. No <laughs> I'm like, what amp do you want, Tony? We're good, you know? And he's like, you know, think about it for a sec. He's like, what if she loses her job, you know, because of this? And he just got my brain thinking in such a different, he's like, what if, you know, she's, maybe she's a single mom, maybe whatever. And so we talk about it for a minute where I think we just hit the jet, you know, one hour. (laughs) And we go right back over and, you know, we give them back the money and say, Hey, you know, make sure she doesn't get in trouble. And, but that's the type of human being he is. And, I mean that life lesson from him. Damn, what a what a what a stud, you know. Yeah. So, just kind of funny, but you can edit all that out. But that's what I think about Tony D'Amico. It's one of the most stand-up dudes ever. Yeah, it's true. And so, uh, you you become a dad, mm-hmm. and and I can see over your shoulder. I, I know no, every, people oh. listening to this can. Uh, can't see what i'm seeing but i i see a daw up which for people who don't know what a daw is like oh. it's like what you recorded like you with pro tools or logic or, uh-huh. or something like that so you you picked up uh music producing yeah so how, how did that come about well so those you know those demos uh the day the ones that like chester copperpot and uh best years like i recorded all those i had this little four track recorder but recorded those and just trying to figure it out and just, you know, uh, Matt Weiniger's just been like, uh, I don't know, taking me under his wing, you know, when I was first kind of showing me cool stuff and, um, but just something I've always, you know, been fascinated or interested in since, you know, since probably we recorded, you know, since day two recorded, I never, uh, you know, legit recorded before that. We did that one, like I said, with Second Guest that never really got complete. That guy didn't know what the hell he was doing. But, you know, making a few recordings and them not sounding too horrible, you know, you go, oh, let me try again, try again, try again. So, um, you know, just 
saving up, buying gear here, buying my gear, you know, and just kind of doing it. And I, it might be how I said, you know, Jake is being creative, making, you know, designing and you doing what you do and um, how we all, I think it's probably my way of uh, still never coming home, just keeping my foot in the door of uh, being creative and making music and helping others, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of dip into their talents. So that that's very, I guess, satisfying for me. So, yeah. Cause like I, ne I never, like I, like I was saying before, like your outside perception is definitely not like what, like the reality is, you know, right? Because mm -hmm. like I never would have seen you as a type of guy to be like at the boards to like record, you know, because I think there's like a type, you know, of, of guy mm -hmm. who like records bands. Like we've all, we've worked with uh, many different types of people. You know, you got Matt Weininger. I worked with E.D. Patterson a few times, Joel Pack a few times. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're all so different, yeah, but right. they're also kind of like, this you know the typical stereotype of like an engineer where they're just like press a button yeah sounds good you know i'm just like <laughs> whatever <Yeah. clears throat> but like what what is it about like collaborating with a band or or an artist that kind of gets you going like why do you still do this oh man i, I think like probably songwriting's like i don't know if, i mean i want to have myself on the back, but it's, it's what I love to do. You know, I mean, it's what I love doing. So I love taking what somebody has, you know, whether it be an idea. And I probably did that a lot, you know, with day two, like how we were kind of talking about vlog and, you know, like, Oh, and then being like, well, let's try to add this or try this. And so, um, you know, as far as producing these, you know, an artist or a band will bring these songs to me, whether they do a pre-production or not. And instantly in my brain, you know, it, I, I hear, not to sound too ridiculous, but almost like the song telling me what it wants. You know, like, well, that verse is way too long. Or what if this part was here? Or, you know, these drums are stomping all over your vocals that you need to mellow out or bring this in, you know, and just kind of the less is more theory, it seems like, for, for the most part. But really listen to what a song says and then, just trying to make it better and it's it's so fun taking a band especially one who's kind of stubborn you know we're like i don't know i have you recorded like another band have you recorded i have never recorded another band only myself dude there's always there's always one guy in the band who's like you're like well, what if you tried this and their response is well that's just the way i wrote it you know and like <laughs> to get them to open up and i've been that guy you know totally mm. like where you're stubborn about something you like or whatever that's just the way i wrote it but you know getting them to come full circle and and uh be open-minded and uh you know just grasp on to it's not about their part or this part it's about making a good song you know mm -hmm. and i think that's i mean that's what really attracts me or keeps me doing it i guess you know so i just love taking something that's okay or an idea and turning it into you know watching it grow to into like a legit song so. yeah that's awesome and like even like in the back of my mind like with what i can do now it's like i could probably send something to kevin Dude, you should you should just send me just send me some stems send me stems of a song you don't have to use it or whatever yeah let me just 
Yeah, dude, that'd be fun. That'd be a blast. <laughs> that'd be a blast. No talented, dude. I'd love to. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny because, like, I, f- I don't know if you've ever done this for yourself, but, like, I feel like my, uh, my quote-unquote skill or, like, talent okay. to, like, mix or something like that because my ears are shot. Like, you know, they- all the – all I, I haven't gotten tested or anything like that, but, like, all the years of day two, all the shows I've ever been to because I've been to a ton of shows when I was younger – and still playing because i went on a, a tour after day two with a different artist like i can hear like ringing and stuff so i'm just hoping for the best when i when i'm mixing myself that hopefully the sounds good <laughs> so it's you know, always uh, best to have like have yeah did you start it, it is weird because i think it's a lot of just doing it you know like anything like once you do it long enough you you kind of but it's just weird hearing frequencies, like where I'm like, whoa, and it, it's driving me nuts. Something, you know, like in a bass or, you know, whatever, a guitar, a whistle, you know, at mm-hmm. six kilohertz or whatever, where I'm just, I can just hear, like, and it's probably more from just doing it, yeah. um, you know, for, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's things where you can train your ear, you know, to, for different frequencies, but have you ever, like, what, what's, what plugin, what EQ plugin is like your go-to? I know you use GarageBand. Do you have anything? You have like a Fab Filter? Or well, there's like, because <clears throat> I, there's not really like a thing that I use for EQ the most. At least, what like when I'm quote unquote like mastering, for the most part, I tend to keep it pretty level. But I'll bump the upper mids uh, uh-huh. to like to bring out like the bass crunch a little bit more or whatever else so there's like certain things i do but i don't like have like a i should start doing these presets but i feel like every single little thing i do requires something oh yeah well well, what i was going to ask so like on most of the eqs you know just like not a graphic eq but like where you see the whole spectrum Mm -hmm. and you can edit all this out i'll I'll show you like in in fact dude i'll send you a bunch of plugins like some i'll send you quality or or i'll send you the fat filter pro q Mm two the second one it's insane, but so you can see me okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just show you on there. We'll have to <laughs> just, I mean, when you're bored one day, just hit me up and I'll show you a couple of things. But do you have any cue where you can boost, like say like you boost like a notch like this, like a triangle, like a really thin triangle, where yeah. it just solos that frequency? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah. Like, Auto listen is usually a setting on it, you know, or it'll have like a little headphone. So when you, whatever you boost, it will just solo whatever you're boosting and everything else. It'll mute. Yeah. You, so sometimes you sweep that around. Yeah. And find whistles or something that's just driving, that sounds uncomfortable to you. That's you just like, uh, and then just notch it out. You know, sometimes just pull it out like 4k right around 4k mm-hmm. is usually garbage, you know? So I'm gonna have to take these notes down. Cause I just, cause, uh, Apple for during COVID, they're having um, Logic free for download. Oh yeah, use it for like two months. So I downloaded it, but I haven't I haven't installed it yet because I want to make sure I make the right time of it. You know what I mean? Like it's the. Can you see like that? Yeah, yeah. So like with this here, you can solo that frequency. Mm -hmm. I did whatever. I'll show you when. When we, 
I mean, but it's really easy to do. But as far as mixing, you know, like with your kick drum, you don't want, you know, the bass. Or what about a, do you know what side chaining is? I do not. Okay. You're going to have to teach me. Yeah, I will. But what, <laughs> basically what side chaining is, is say like with your kick drum, mm. it'll hit your kick drum and it will compress the bass guitar. Okay. So like anytime the kick drum hits, it sends a signal to the bass track, bass guitar track, and it just will dip the tiniest bit or however yeah. much you set the threshold. So your kick comes through without without fighting sacrificing the bass it's almost it just yeah. like auto it'll like auto duck it i don't know there's just so much cool techniques that you can do that's cool that's cool but yeah i'm all about it like that's you edit all that out i'm sorry <laughs> nerd <laughs> yeah no dude i get so nerdy about it yeah well what's well maybe to bring it back to the idea of like would we be able to do anything now if we were musicians like Technology is so cool that we could honestly make a day two song right now if we really wanted to. We should. We could and we should. That'd be so fun. So if anyone's made it this far, that's the little <laughs> bit of hope that you can have for uh, a brand new day two song. So uh, I don't know. We might have to say something in our uh, text thread. All right, guys, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one last thing, and I'll... And I'll get you get you back to your to your fam um so I, I this has become a thing i didn't mean this to become a thing but if i were to come back to salt lake city utah covid's a thing of the past Pe uh, people can get together for a show would you play a show a day two show oh absolutely not there's no way <laughs> no of course i would absolutely absolutely <laughs> no i think it would be so much fun to do you know yeah, because I kind of felt like the one that we did like 10 or so years ago, like that was fun. But like we can, I don't know if like you heard, if you've ever heard the term like get your flowers, meaning like get the recognition that you deserve. And I'm kind of the last person to, to like think of that for myself. But I think yeah. hearing other people, not even in our band, but like other people reaching out to me as I put these out, it's like, oh yeah, that, that was so fun. That was such a a good a good time and mm -hmm. like things were different back then like as far as like shows and stuff like we were playing we were we were playing like huge shows and made it i don't know just made being in a local band in utah like a thing for that time oh, you know absolutely. i think i think like get doing like one more show or continuing like to put out music it's just like why not at this point <laughs> you want to know what though one of probably one of the conditions what i'd really like to do not a condition of course but what i would i think we should play a kilby man that would be i'd be all about a kilby chord show that would be that would be great that would be the family the that would be the family and friends show yeah, it'd be so fun. <laughs> we, do more, we can just do a tour, you know, yeah, just all the... Tour of Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Kevin, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh -huh. and I, I think uh, we, we joked about it, getting all of us on one huge Zoom call, but I think that's going to have to happen here pretty soon to, just, uh -huh. for, just for us to, to recall a lot of these stories. Uh, 
So I think that would be a lot of fun. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we should definitely do. Uh, and I'm, man, I'm, I appreciate all you've done, all your work with all this. It's been a blast, just kind of you know remembering things. And um, I do apologize because you probably have your editing work cut out <laughs> for you with my you know my dumb ass just rambling. So. <laughs> well, I mean, like. I mean, there is one time, like, so Jake's podcast, I had to edit out my cat, but I left in me choking. Uh-huh. So I, that was, but that was an artistic yeah. choice. So did, did you let the cat stay in the room? What was the final? Uh, no, I kicked him out. In and then you let it in. Like, I like, felt bad. So I'm like, maybe if I let him in, he'll shut up. But I let him in, and he just was louder. So I had to cut out all of okay. <laughs> the meows. <laughs> Well, feel free to, like, you know, like, where they have, uh, like, where, you know, diehards on Fox 13 or, or on regular TV, yeah. and it's like, yippee ki and then it's, you know, some other mother, <laughs> mother <freak>. trucker. <laughs> yeah. So feel free to just go over my voice, you know, say some intelligent shit that I didn't say, you know, with, with the same guy who does the, uh, the overdubs of. John McClain. Right. I'll, I'll get him on the phone. I'm sure cool. his rate is pretty reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, have, have a good night. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And good blast talking with you, man. And we'll, we'll, we'll chat soon. There's All a, right. You take blast. care of your family and uh, you guys be safe with all this uh, COVID. What is it up to? Is it, is it 19? Is it 20 now? Uh, it's, it's, it's still hanging okay. out at 19. It's the OG. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> All right. We'll see you, dude. All right.